0: Back to the David Glenn Show. Big week in college basketball. Big weekend on the way for college hoops. Around here, the Wolfpack hosts Miami tonight, hosts Clemson on Saturday, and then has five of its next seven on the road. Number three, Duke lost at Clemson last night, but the Blue Devils get to host college game day and the Louisville Cardinals on Saturday evening at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Tar Heels have been off all week practice only they get back trying to shake their ugly losing streak visiting Pitt on saturday it is a crazy season some think duke's the best team in this league and clemson's the worst team in this league and clemson just beat duke last night it was down at little john with this craziness in mind we welcome in the most outstanding player from the 2013 Final Four. Louisville Cardinals sharpshooter turned college basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. He is a national champion in his own right. Luke Hancock, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I don't know if you caught all those LSU Tigers football players uh, enjoying, openly enjoying, for all the cameras to see, a bunch of cigars after winning on Monday night. How did that compare or contrast to what the Louisville basketball Cardinals were doing after winning it all back in
1: 2013? I'll tell you, I'm uh, I'm disappointed that my uh, experience winning a national championship came uh, when I was a junior, knowing that I would come back for my senior <laughs> yeah. year. I can't imagine being in Joe Burrow's spot knowing you're going to be the number one overall pick. I feel bad he's probably going to go to Cincinnati. Uh, but you think about like how much freedom that guy has. Right. His college days are behind him. I would have been smoking a cigar and having a glass of wine, and <laughs> there would not have been a lot of cares to pass out, to be honest.
0: One more thing before we turn on your large college hoops brain. I saw you tweeted after Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch gave his speech about take care of your body, take care of your mentals, and take care of y'all's chicken. You are a financial advisor. Any Anyway, we can turn that into a Luke Hancock slogan. I mean, you're helping your clients take care of their chicken, right?
1: Absolutely. I, I'm a, I'm a big Beast Mode fan. I think he put it very uh, eloquently when he said, take care of y'all's chicken. And I love that uh, a veteran guy like that, man, he has really been through it. And he's preaching out to the young guys, trying to kind of give back some guidance that you can get caught up in uh, fame and having a lot of money and success. But if you don't put a plan in place to kind of take care of you and yours, it can pass you up very quickly, whether you're making millions and millions or you're just starting out. Uh, And I I just love that. You know, it's funny the way he puts it, but it's it's a first and foremost thing for these guys that step into – uh, NFL or NBA or MLB careers, that they got to figure out a plan to take care of themselves and their family.
0: When Beast Mode used the word chicken for money, I asked the younger members of my staff, like, is that a thing I'm supposed to know? Is that a thing I just don't know because I'm an old guy? And whether they were in their late teens or early 20s, they they knew what he meant. Chicken equals money, but they did not say that's part of their vernacular. Were you already like on board? Have you used the word chicken? To mean money in your life, Luke Hancock.
1: I have not, but I've uh, I've adopted it now in these uh, <laughs> mode, fashion. It will be part of the vernacular from now on. Take care of y'all's chicken.
0: I feel better now knowing that you were as clueless as I was. All right, on to college basketball. Are you at the point then that when even bottom tier Clemson, with a record barely above 500 for the season? hosts top tier Duke number three in the rankings and 15 and one going into last night are you no longer surprised when the underdog wins at home because Mike Krzyzewski certainly has a lot more talent than Brad Brownell does
1: I'm not surprised by anything in college basketball anymore I mean for crying out loud I'm watching the Louisville game the other night and they're calling for Chris Mack, saying fans are tweeting out that this guy can't win a big game. Oh, he hasn't had enough success. He's unproven, and they're they're unhappy with the guy. That night, like you just mentioned, Brad Brunel and company go and get a huge win against Duke. You just you never know. I mean, for crying out loud, I thought Duke was the best basketball team in the country. They've lost to Stephen F. Austin and Clemson.
0: Help me you understand just never know
1: exactly what you're going to get on any given
0: right. You can follow Luke Hancock on Twitter. He is at Luke Skywalker and then 11. For a while, we have been talking about a big three led by Duke in the ACC, but also including Florida State and Louisville. The Seminoles beat the Cardinals head to head. So it feels like Duke won, Florida State two, Louisville three. You see a lot of the Cardinals. You're about to see more of the Blue Devils with Louisville visiting Duke this weekend. Are those three alone on that top tier when it comes to, you know, just top 10 or so caliber teams and NCAA tournament locks? Uh, or do you see at least good candidates from the ACC to kind of join them on Selection Sunday?
1: Well, I think Virginia is going to be an NCAA tournament lock. That's 15, maybe 16 that gets in from the ACC. Now that's the big question mark. For a while I thought it would be NC State. Uh, I thought if Miami got healthy, which they have gone the absolute wrong direction, especially in their front court as far as healthy bodies, that they might be able to challenge for it. Now you see Clemson starting to get healthy and Amir Sims playing really, really well for them. So I I, I think that there is a separate tier, and you could almost include Virginia in that. I, I do think Virginia playing Florida State tonight is one you should want to pay attention to. If Florida State doesn't shoot it well, the pack line could really bother a team like that. Virginia's usually pretty tough. Tony Bennett has that style where he's not backing down from anybody, and his guys believe they can beat anyone, especially after that experience last year. So if they shoot it well, which they haven't all season, but minus a few games, if they can come out and shoot it well, I think they could scare Florida State. Uh, But I think those four teams, Florida State, Virginia, Duke, and Louisville have separated themselves, especially those top three teams you mentioned. And for me, when you look at teams that can potentially make a run, you need toughness, you need great guard play, you need depth. And I think those three teams, in particular, have all the all the tools you need to be able to make a run either in the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament. seems crazy we're already talking about that with football just in.
0: It is crazy. Four games tonight, Boston College at Syracuse, as Luke mentioned, Virginia at Florida State, Miami is right here at NC State tonight, Notre Dame visits Georgia Tech, and then on Saturday, the highlights do include that Louisville-Duke matchup at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Carolina happened to have its one, all these teams, get that one week between games and i think it falls only once on the calendar for each team where you have that seven day stretch with no games and a lot of coaches will tell you they value that laboratory time that practice time as much as anything it happened to fall for the tar heels while that cole anthony guy is still injured now he is coming back soon are the Tar Heels dead in the water or did you see enough of them with Cole Anthony healthy, you know, when they beat a top 10 Oregon team and did some other good things that they can somehow get out of this 8 and 8 ditch that has Roy Williams as despondent as any time I've ever seen him as a head coach?
1: Yeah, I I think they're dead in the water. I think Cole Anthony is an electric player. I think he can really be a game changer for them. But they've had so many injuries. They've had so many problems. Um, I feel bad for Roy Williams. It's just kind of going to be an anomaly year for them. I think uh, Cole Anthony and Armando Bacon are the headliners for that recruiting class. But you haven't gotten what you expected from the transfers. Uh, Garrison Brooks seems to be out on an island as far as effort and intensity every night. I mean, for crying out loud, uh, uh, B-Rob got in a, in a car wreck the other yeah. day. Like, you yeah. just can't seek to get a break. Um, I, for me, uh, Carolina's not going to make the tournament uh, unless something absolutely crazy happens and they make a run in the ACC tournament and either win it or make it to a, a championship game. The cards are against them right now. Uh, Roy Williams is a Hall of Famer, so it wouldn't totally shock me if if this team just started playing better. But to be able to make the tournament, um, it seems crazy to say they're already out of it. But with the top teams in the league playing well, and you got teams like Clemson starting to figure things out, maybe NC State starting to figure things out, I think they've got a serious, serious uphill battle, and I, I don't know how much blame you put on Roy Williams. It just seems like bad luck this year, to be honest. I don't know, and, and what does Cole Anthony have to come back and play for, besides a little bit of pride? You know, the team's not playing well. It's not like he's going to be able to just bring them back to, to dominance and to be a top-ten team. So I, I'm, I'm a little unsure how the rest of the season shakes out. If I were a bet man, uh, I'm not betting on UNC to go very far.
0: We remember you most as being a part of a team where the psychology and the chemistry spiraled in all the right directions, right? I mean, by the time you guys won it all in 2013 at Louisville, you probably felt like you just could have conquered the world. When you think of whatever stage of your career where, at any level, things were going poorly, what do you remember about that psychology? Because we can all agree that Roy Williams has his least gifted team, to use his phrase, in all of his years as the Tar Heels head coach. But it's another thing to still blow a 10-point lead with two minutes to go against Clemson you know, to end that historic streak in Chapel Hill over the Tigers. You know, Did you see psychology in play there? Because even Roy's least gifted team was up 10 on Clemson with two minutes to go, and yet it got away.
1: I do think so. I think your coach has to find a way to get your guys to believe. I mean, again, you think about all the bad things that have kind of happened to UNC this season, they've got to figure out a, a point. They're going to draw, draw a line in the sand and say, we've got to get better. We've got to focus in on maybe these three things this week. For them, it's going to be picking up the defense, trying to create easy baskets, uh, rebounding inside, and then just a little more efficient play as far as assist-to-turnover ratio. That would be my three things for UNC. And then you've got to decide, we're going to, we're going to change our course for this season. They're getting beaten down kind of every game. I could see how in a town like that where they are basketball crazed and they are, um, they've been given so much success in that area in terms of basketball success that this is not going to sit well with the fan base. And so those guys are going to have to really turn off the Twitter and the, the Instagram, which I feel like is impossible for kids nowadays. But they've got to find a way to shut it out. You mentioned that week-long practice. You know, when you're in exams uh, or when you finish exams year over Christmas break, there's no classes going on. You can do nothing but basketball. Two-a-days, film sessions, that is when teams, especially young teams, can really get better. They follow that up with, like you said, a full week where they get to just focus in, lock in. They don't have any games. How can our team get better? That's the time where you can see them really improve. But right now, I don't see how UNC has the horses. You know, they're, they're going to have to really mentally focus in uh, and, and push out all the distractions to see how can our team get better day by day and take one thing at a time.
0: Last thing for you, two teams that do have the horses play each other at Cameron on Saturday night. It's Louisville at Duke. College game day will be here. It's on ESPN proper, a 6 o'clock tip. I mean, the fun part of college basketball this season is that nobody is already great, you know, and just has to polish themselves the rest of the way. If you're Louisville or Duke and you're good or very good now, you know what can you do to get better? I know you've talked about the Cardinals point guards. What do you see about the Louisville team more generally right now in terms of areas where they can improve? And the same question for the Blue Devils, right? If you if you stay what you are right now, you're not going to win at all. But if you get better incrementally, you know maybe you're one of the last teams standing.
1: Yeah, I think those two teams have really different things to prove. Louisville is really searching for a marquee win, and I know they beat number four Michigan at home, but that was after their really tough uh, three-game road stretch in Atlantis. Uh, They had to travel back. It's exam week. I think that's a really inflated win for Louisville, and I think fans around here are really expecting them to to get a big-time win soon. On the other side, you've got Duke, who obviously just lost to Clemson last night. They need to get a big win to get themselves back on track. And as you know, they do not like losing at Cameron Indoor. Hmm. It's going to be an incredible matchup when you line up position by position, where strengths are, where weaknesses are. Uh, I'm really anxious to see, more than anything else, how Louisville's response from their backcourt will be when they face the pressure of Trey Jones and Goldwire. Because I think those guys are two of the special on-ball defenders in the ACC. And with Coach K kind of out-scheming most coaches, it, it's going to be interesting who has to initiate the offense for Louisville, how they can facilitate getting the ball inside and putting pressure on Vernon Carey through Stephen Enoch and Malik Williams. And then the mismatch with Jordan Wara. Who's going to be on him all night? He is, he is one of the best players in the country with drawing mismatch-sized four men out to the perimeter and kind of seeing if they can sink or swim in deep waters because his range is unlimited. He's, he's adding another dimension, getting to the rim, getting fouled. And what I really like about Jordan Wara's play lately, Chris Mack wasn't happy in the Kentucky game. When Jordan Wara wasn't scoring, he wasn't affecting the game in any way at all. And I think he reached out and, and made it known that can't happen another game this year for the Louisville Cardinals. And he's done a great job even not scoring well last night with only 14 points. He affected the game in a lot of different ways. It's going to be awesome to see these two teams match up. Home court advantage for Duke is going to be huge. And then Coach K at the helm, you know, he's going to get these guys to rebound. It's not a good thing for the Louisville Cardinals that Clemson went in there and took care of business.
0: I'm trying to remember, did the Louisville Cardinals fans, or maybe they still do this today, did you ever get the Luke chant? Because we just had Luke Keekley surprisingly retire as one of the greatest Carolina Panthers of all time I'm thinking of a pecking order most famous Luke chance did you get a little bit of that in your sharp shooting days
1: luckily I still get a little bit of that but my Luke chance will uh, be uh, absolutely not they'll be they'll be faint whispers (laughs) Uh, and funny for me I did not start out shooting the ball very well at the University of Louisville I was coming off a shoulder injury and I was shooting like 13%, 33s <laughs> or whatever, into the season. And I'm pretty sure all those were boos, not <laughs> lukes to
0: start out. Well done. Well, not exactly chopped liver to fall behind Luke Keekley in the all-time list of great sports Lukes. Well done, Luke Hancock. Thanks for the time, as always, on The David Glenn Show.
1: Thank you guys very much. Take care. Talk to you soon.
0: You got it. Follow him on Twitter at Luke Skywalker with an A, and then the number 11, college basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. Most outstanding player at the Final Four in 2013 as the Louisville Cardinals won it all under Rick Patino. All right, three great guests are in the books. Jonathan Jones covered Luke Kuechly. John Beeson played with Luke Kuechly. Luke Hancock on college basketball and your phone calls the rest of the way. Another scandal X has fallen in Major League Baseball, this time on Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora. He led the Red Sox to the 2018 World Series title and just got fired. Former Astros assistant coach, remember. Yesterday it was A.J. Fence of the Astros who got the axe from his own owner for his being in charge when the cheating and the sign-stealing happened on the way to that 2017 World Series title. Not good for the game. Back-to-back World Series championship managers both getting the axe as an ugly time and scandal time continues in Major League Baseball. NFL headlines are all over the place. Of course, Luke Keekley's retirement last night is front and center. Meanwhile, Matt Rule continues to build his coaching staff, and David Tepper continues to, op- to offer an open checkbook. College basketball is on my mind as well. As we turn it over to you, Luke Keekly memories for sure. Is he the greatest Panther of all time? Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, and Cam Newton getting a lot of votes but maybe it's because he just retired last night. Number 59, Luke Kuechly, is getting the most votes so far today. Your Luke Keekley memories, questions, and comments, what will he do next, has been a popular one today. More on that story with your calls. Duke loses at Clemson last night. Wake loses at home to Virginia Tech last night. NC State hosts Miami this evening. UVA visits Florida State, maybe in tonight's headliner. College basketball, NFL, Major League Baseball, and college football leftovers are leading the way Antonio Brown Larry Fitzgerald and Bobby Petrino are also in the headlines of the afternoon you can be next with your question or comment by dialing 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn show he's the UVA head basketball coach Tony Bennett you always believed in us I guess you were the wind beneath our wings there you go How's that? <laughs> do we <laughs> but, uh, have background music that's today? right that's Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing we promised, more from Luke Keekley in his own words. Question of the day, is he the greatest Panther you've ever seen? What will you remember most about his eight years representing our state's NFL franchise. You can be next with your phone calls. College Hoops is on our minds as well. Clemson took out Duke at Little John last night. There was a mad orange mob rushing the floor as the Tigers took a 79-72 victory. Clemson has beaten back-to-back-to-back NC State, UNC historically, of course, in Chapel Hill ending the forever streak, and now Duke. You know the last time Clemson in basketball beat the three triangle teams back to back to back. I'm serious. I started covering this stuff in 1987. It was a few years after that that Clemson did it, and I wondered if I would ever see it again. It happened in 1990, and now it has happened in 2020. That's how long it had been. So credit to the Clemson Tigers, of course, to varying degrees. NC State. It could be a bubble-ish team, so they didn't like that loss at Little John. They get a chance at revenge this Saturday when Clemson visits NC State. State hosts Miami tonight. UVA visits Florida State tonight. But the Blue Devils lost at Clemson last night, falling to 15-2. and Virginia Tech goes to Winston-Salem and beat the Demon Deacons 80-70 to last night. Hokies head coach Mike Young has generated more positive energy around his basketball team in basically four months of this season than Danny Manning has at Wake Forest in six years. There was that one NCAA tournament trip, so credit to that. He has sent players to the next level as well. But Brandon Childress and Olivier Saar did not get enough help last night. Meanwhile, it's all hands on deck for an overachieving Virginia Tech team that handles the ball well, limits turnovers, hits threes, and just tries hard. like that. That's the formula, and it's a formula that's good enough to put the Hokies somewhere near or in the top five of your ACC power rankings after they were picked by most to be dead last in the ACC. You want in on baseball's latest scandal Axe falling. If you want in with a Luke Keekly comment or question, if you want in on the Devils, the Pack, the Heels, the Deeks, or other college basketball, you can dial us up right now at 1-800-849-2700. 6, 1. Oddly, and we'll give you Luke Keekley here and then your calls. Injuries in basketball almost never matter as much as injuries in football. Like, you don't go through a regular season without losing starters in football, right? You can. I don't mean like a single game missing player because of a rolled ankle or whatever. You can make it through the entirety of a college basketball season without losing one of your starters for an extended period of time. It has not happened that way this year. And I would argue that it is not mere coincidence. You all know I do weekly power rankings for our website, accsports.com. I do all ACC votes. I do all America votes for various organizations. I put up my midseason all ACC team at The Athletic Carolina, another of the fine websites to which I am a contributor. Is it mere coincidence that the two best Duke players have been mostly healthy and the Blue Devils are mostly where they want to be? Vernon Carey Jr. inside, National Player of the Year candidate as a freshman. Trey Jones outside, sophomore point guard, great defensively again, as he was last year, but a a new and improved version of himself offensively. I'd argue right now that those two are both first-team All-ACC players, two of the five best guys in this league. Now, I know Duke... Is kind of licking its wounds right now because they're coming back from that loss at clemson but at 15 and 2 nobody would have said nobody and we have a lot of astute college basketball fans in our statewide audience here at the david glenn show how many of y'all had 15 and 7 with this asterisk the two losses would be at home to Stephen f austin and at Clemson, picked for near the bottom of the ACC. Nobody, literally nobody, had that as the road to 15 and 2. But I don't think any of us would have been surprised if you said 15 and 2 and number three in the national rankings and atop the ACC standings and crushed their first five ACC opponents by an average of 25 points. The theme continues, folks. A guy named Devin Vassell is the blossoming star at Florida State. He's been mostly healthy. He has had his breakthrough season. Really good two-way player for the Seminoles. Guess what? Leonard Hamilton has FSU in and around the national top ten. Jordan Wara, another of the best players I've seen in this league so far. Mostly healthy for the Louisville Cardinals. Where are the Cardinals? Also in and around the national top ten. Keep going. Who was the best player at Carolina? Cole Anthony. Not available for the last four weeks. Who's the best player at NC State? You can answer that as an opinion, and I know folks who will say Markell Johnson. I know folks who will say DJ Funderburk. Maybe you even think somebody else. In terms of production and efficiency, it wasn't close. C.J. Bryce was the best player on the Wolfpack, and then in a bizarre hashtag NC State stuff... Story during pregame warm-ups, he gets hit in the head and is dealing in the, with the concussion protocol. It is not mere coincidence that Duke and Louisville and Florida State with their best players mostly or entirely healthy are exactly where they want to be or close to it. State has fallen short a bit. C.J. Bryce, I haven't seen if he'll play tonight against Miami. They need him. Everybody else is better when C.J. Bryce... Former UNC Wilmington player under Kevin Keats. Remember, transferred to NC State. Good player the last two years under Kevin Keats. Really good player. All ACC candidate this year under Kevin Keats at NC State. It's his senior year. It's his best year. He has been phenomenal most nights, and he's been unavailable lately as the Wolfpack has had some disappointing results. No Cole Anthony in Carolina, and they completely crash and burn. No C.J. Bryce at NC State for a not quite as long period, but a, sl- a slump, if you will. Landers Nolly is the star at Virginia Tech. He's their All-ACC candidate. He's been healthy. John Mooney is the star at Notre Dame. He is their number one ACC, All-ACC candidate. He's been healthy as well. Those teams with the healthy stars are either at the top of the rankings or in the mix. Those teams where their best player has been dealing with short-term or long-term injury, they're either falling into the middle of the pack like NC State or falling to the bottom of the barrel like UNC. Not mere coincidence, just a weird year. Everybody get healthy. Let's just watch great players play and watch some of the teams in our neighborhood get an upgrade as a result. Luke Keekley, in his own words on the other side, your phone calls, NFL, college basketball, and Major League Baseball. Luke, Luke, next on the David Glenn Show. Quick headline updates. Luke Keekley in his own words. Your questions and comments. College basketball, Major League Baseball scandal. And the National Football League. David Tepper and Matt Rule building their coaching staff. Joe Brady of LSU, 30 years old, will be the offensive coordinator. Luke Kuechly. Either the greatest or at worst one of the greatest players in Panthers history surprised a whole lot of people by announcing his retirement last night at the age of 28. Here's one of our favorite clips from Luke Kuechly last night as I share headlines involving Zion Williamson, Bobby Petrino. LARRY FITZGERALD, ANTONIO BROWN AND OTHERS WILL GET TO AL VAN IN BURLINGTON AND THE REST OF YOUR CALLS TOO. THIS WAS PART OF LUKE KEEKLEY'S VIDEO LIVE FROM THE PANTHERS LINEBACKER MEETING ROOM LAST NIGHT.
2: I THINK NOW is, is, IS THE RIGHT CHANCE FOR ME TO to MOVE ON. AND IT MAKES ME SAD BECAUSE I LOVE PLAYING THIS GAME. I have PLAYED IT SINCE I WAS A LITTLE KID AND IT'S MY FAVORITE THING IN THE WORLD TO DO. AND THE MEMORIES I HAVE FROM THIS PLACE AND THIS ORGANIZATION AND PLAYING ON THE FIELD WITH THESE GUYS, will never go away and I'm sitting right now in the linebacker room and the amount of memories I've had from this room alone could fill a book and it's hard but I hope to you know still be involved in some way and this decision has nothing to do with new coaches and coach rule he's going to do a fantastic job his track record's proven but for me now is the right opportunity to to move in a different direction and you know there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid is is to play fast and play physical and play strong and at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. And that's the part that is the most difficult, is I still want to play, but I don't think it's the right decision. So I thought about it for a long time. And I think now is an opportunity for me to step away with, with, with what's going on here. I think we've got a really good linebacker room. I think Shaq and those guys are going to step and do a tremendous job. The fans have been fantastic. They've supported us, they've traveled. When we've been good, they've been great. When they've bad, when we we haven't been great, they've been equally as good and very supportive. And that's the best thing about this city is people love the team and people love the players.
0: At this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore. Play fast, play physical, play strong. Interesting comments by his former teammate John Beeson on our show today. Luke didn't use the word concussions anywhere in that three-minute, 35-second video. And Beast said, yeah, of course concussions is part of the story, but Luke Kuechly may have stopped feeling that he can do things his way safely anymore. Right? You come up the ranks learning football a certain way, tackling a certain way, being fast and physical a certain way, and now you have to change it, not only because of rules changes but because of your own concussion-related issues, missed games in the 2015, 2016, and 2017 seasons. If you saw that, I don't know how clear it was on TV, but Luke Keekly wore an experimental, it's called a Q-collar, the last three years. The inventor of said Q-collar claims, that it reduces the risk of concussions. Again, his longtime girlfriend is a physician's assistant, incredibly knowledgeable in the medical field. Luke Keekley himself had become very knowledgeable about concussions and the related long-term health risks. This was a guy carted off the field crying after a hit against the Saints on a Thursday night football game a few years ago where you could tell he knew in the moment he probably had another concussion. And it wasn't just a one-time thing anymore, and that makes it a lifetime thing. Seven-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Pro Bowler, both of those the most in Panthers franchise history. Eight-year NFL player, 1,092 tackles over those eight years, more than any other NFL player at any position on any team. Luke Keekley to me, the greatest Panther of all time, especially when you combine on the field and off the field stuff. Al Van is in Burlington, and next on the David Glenn Show, go right ahead.
1: Hello. Hey, man, it's what's going on? Van. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I was just wondering, if Cam Newton can't, uh, uh, not Cam, I'm sorry, I'm all fouled up here, if Luke <laughs> can go to the uh, NFL pro bowl, uh, hall of fame, uh, because he hasn't got 10 years. Can he go as a coach linebacker coach for the Panthers and for two or three years, would that qualify him then to go back into the hall of fame? I,
0: I don't, I don't think he's excluded just because he's an eight year NFL player. So I wouldn't worry about that. Now he does. He absolutely, if he wants, he's such a versatile guy broadcasters would be interested in him if he thought that was his next step. Now, he's never given any indication of that. Greg Olson, Panthers veteran tight end, who may be making a retirement decision of his own soon, has already done games professionally as a broadcaster. He'll be great at that job. I've never sensed that Luke has an interest in broadcasting as one possible branch for retired players. Another one, of course, is coaching. Everybody says he's like one of the smartest players. Like, he's so good that he not only knows what he's supposed to do on every play, he knows what Shaq Thompson's supposed to do. You know, in the old days, he knew what Thomas Davis had to do. He knows what the linemen have to do. He knows what the D-backs have to do. Brain power wise he'd be a phenomenal coach. Now, that's either in your heart or it's, or it's not – If he wanted to do it, Ron Rivera would find room for him in Washington. Luke does love Charlotte, does love the Panthers, thanked both Jerry Richardson and David Tepper, both owners on his watch, uh, and I think would leave the door open to staying in the Charlotte community, Uh, and also he'd have an avenue to work for the Panthers if he wanted it. But if he really wants coaching, and he did not say anything about the next thing in that 3 minutes, 35 seconds. Uh, he's had a long-term girlfriend. We don't know if he's about to get married, does he want to start a family. Again, Andrew Luck retired prior to the age of 30, in part because he was going to become a father for the first time. That's a, that's a life-altering thing. And in this case, like with Andrew Luck, another life-altering factor is battling serious health issues. For Andrew Luck, it was a lot of things some of which left him remember in so much pain that he fell into a state of like clinical depression and wasn't sure how much he wanted to live anymore much less play football anymore i mean scary 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 injury related stuff on the psychology side with luke keekley because he's not only had shoulder and other physical injuries the multiple concussions put him in a in a rare category as well i'm not aware of an nf a pro football hall of fame rule that says, I mean, eight years is a pretty good career. How many years did Jim Brown play? Like, he's not only in the Hall of Fame, he's one of the greatest players in the history of football at any position. Jim Brown retired at an unusually young age, even before these guys were making these big bucks. It is officially a trend now. Patrick Willis, six, six years ago, I think it was, seven-time Pro Bowl linebacker retired at the age of 29. Calvin Johnson, all-pro wide receiver on a perennial basis, four years ago, retired at 29. Andrew Luck, Rob Gronkowski, Luke Kuechly, also all retiring before 30 in pretty much every case. They had multiple surgeries and or serious health issues, and some of them had the concussion-related issues as well. Remember six years ago, a rookie named Chris Borland of the San Francisco 49ers. He was not a no-name. He was actually an all-NFL rookie team selection. So he had a heck of a professional debut. You make the all-rookie team, you you certainly have a promising future, in his case also a linebacker. He retired after one professional NFL season, and he said it was entirely because of what he had learned about long-term health repercussions, specifically in the sport of football, and specifically, obviously, the risks are even higher at the NFL level than they are, although there are some risks uh, risks for youth football players, of course. Uh, The game, the size, the speed, the hits, the power, the velocity, all of that stuff becomes even more severe in the NFL. Chris Borland's name is probably not going to be on this phenomenon because he was not as well-known a player, but if you step aside after one season, you're doing so without the 64000000 million-plus that Luke Kuechly has earned as a member of the Carolina Panthers, just in salary again before endorsements and other things. This is not a trend that's going to go away. Uh, Guys have more freedom to choose, man. Isn't that a good thing? In the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NHL, if you're a star especially, you're making so much money that you can make a clear-eyed decision about your future. You don't have to panic because, you know, you can't pay all your bills or you bought the nice house or the nice cars or whatever. The money is so big nowadays that, frankly, guys get to make smarter decisions, more clear-eyed decisions, more informed decisions, thanks to the advances of modern technology and just more knowledge, even though they don't fully understand brains and concussions and all of those details. There's a long way to go there. We know a lot more now than we used to know. And Luke Keekley, as John Beeson said, probably was frustrated that he couldn't be quite as good under the new rules, no lowering of the helmet, after his injuries, after being asked to tackle in a slightly different way. The Panthers were horrendous on defense. Luke Keekley personally was still good enough to make second-team All-Pro. But I think by his standard, he didn't think he was as good. By he, his standard and that of his medical expert girlfriend, the concussion risk-reward thing no longer was worth it. And if I were 28 years old and I had $64 million in earnings in my rearview mirror and I was as talented a guy as Luke Keekly is with lots of options beyond playing the game of football, I think I'd have done the same thing that he did. Turn the page, man, and hopefully live a happier and certainly healthier life the rest of the way while knowing that you gave all you had for eight years to the, to the Carolina Panthers organization. And before that, Boston College. And before that, the guy's still revered in his hometown and his high school in Ohio. Uh, he's just left the right kinds of impressions on and off the field everywhere he has been. Final call for phone calls. My thoughts on college basketball last night, tonight's matchups, and otherwise, baseball. Is in the headlines as well. The scandal axe has fallen again. This time on Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora. You okay with that, Darren? We'll we'll nurse his feelings. It's not like I did anything wrong. No, but that is your favorite <laughs> team. I feel bad for you. I don't feel bad for anybody who was cheating on purpose and stealing signs through the use of technology, in direct violation of an easy-to-read directive by Major League Baseball. Come on, folks. Are there that many people that just don't care how they get to the top? Like, the man in the mirror knows how you got there. Have you ever read that poem? One of my fa- I'm not even a poetry guy, really. One of my favorite poems of all time, Man in the Mirror. Read great, it if you have Great Michael it. Jackson song as well. S- similar concept. I prefer the poetry. <laughs> I'm trying to th- I, I don't. Yeah, I guess I can hear that song in my head yeah. now. Or maybe you'll bump with it on the other side. I'm not <laughs> sure. We will be coming down the stretch next. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The
1: NCAA book on violations of so sick Superman has trouble carrying.
0: This is true. You know? However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're oh. not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours,
1: okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. I'm
0: with the man hey, Darren, the man. do you think anybody in the history of sports radio has ever said, final thoughts, TV picks, and classic poetry as we come down the stretch on today's program i think it's safe to say no 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 today's the day today (laughs) is the day and we're gonna do it i think we just did it final thoughts tv picks and classic poetry as we come down the stretch on today's program quick thank yous Hayes Permar, Brian Geisinger, Josh Goodson, and Jonathan Rand all had me on their Sports Channel 8, the radio show program earlier today on our Triangle affiliate 99.9 The Fan. Did you know, piece of trivia, Darren Vaught, full-time producer of The David Glenn Show, all four of those outstanding, talented young men at different times have produced this show. Hayes full-time for five years. I did know that, and I even heard you mention that on 99.9 The Fan a little bit earlier this morning when I caught you when you were in studio. Really cool of those guys. They invited me specifically because of the Sportscaster of the Year honor. Uh, So thanks to them. Josh Graham, Sports Hub Triad as well. David Jones out in the high country. Uh, Brian Hall, Mike Morgan, Tank Spencer, and Nashville have always been big supporters as fellow members of the industry. Patrick Johnson, 94 3 the game, uh, has me on our Greenville area affiliate from time to time as well. So thanks to those guys and others, and even beyond North Carolina, uh, for helping uh, celebrate the story, if you will. Man in the Glass is the name, the official name of the classic poem that I mentioned, Darren. When I see the Astros, and the Red Sox getting caught for sign stealing. I asked myself, will you do anything to get to the top or at some point do you take a look in the mirror? Because you know how the poem goes? I'll just give you one stanza. When you get what you want in your struggle for self and the world makes you king for a day, just go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. Do you get the theme there? Like. Do you sleep your way to the top? Do you cheat your way to the top? Do you signing, stealing signs via the use of technology in direct violation of Major League Baseball rules? Like, you're a man-in-the-mirror guy, Darren Vaught. I know that to your core. You just couldn't do it. You're going to accomplish all sorts of things. You've already accomplished an insane number of things. You're like the Luke Keekley of the sports broadcasting industry, only <laughs> A, you're not going to retire before 30, and B, I don't believe you're yet at the $64 million threshold. But think of the poem, right? Oh, great, I'm a World Series champion, but it, I had to cheat to get there? For Here's another stanza from the poem, since we're all in classic poetry mode today on The David Glenn Show. For it isn't your father or mother or wife who judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts the most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. Yes, A.J. Hinch. Yes, Alex Cora. Look in the mirror. You knew you did it. Doesn't that matter anymore? You knew you cheated. Even if you had gotten away with it, would you really be all smiles inside and outside? Do you care that much about who outside knows what? Do you care that little about what you know on the inside? You may fool the whole world down the pathway of life and get get pats on the back as past, Darren, but your final reward will be heartaches and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass little classic poetry for you today, along with Jonathan Jones, John Beeson, and Luke Hancock. Thanks to you all for listening and contributing. We hope to see you tomorrow on The David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to The David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the
0: state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me.
2: The David Glenn Show.